Hello and welcome back everybody to Thronderdome. I hope you all had a wonderful uh, spring vacation, I guess. Um, that's right, we're back with the season premiere of season two. And I know that we promised a uh, another bonus episode, but enough time has passed. Um, just with the various, uh, oh, the, the trials and tribulations of being a biological entity on this planet. Uh, made it so we couldn't record things in quite the schedule I intended, but that's okay, because that means we have now begun a tradition of kicking off every season with kind of a special conversational episode. Ronnie, you'll recall when we started the show, our, our first episode was kind of about your and my personal histories with Star Wars, um, and kind of our uh, kind of the state of the franchise when the uh, when the novels were first written. Um, and so I think it would be neat to have another kind of conversational episode, and we have a very special guest. I guess I should say, I already said your name, but I'm joined, as always, by Ronnie Gardaki. And joining uh, us today is friend of the show, marvelous podcaster, uh, Megan Sunday. Megan, how are you? Hello. Howdy, howdy. And um, now I mentioned you were a, uh, a renowned podcaster. Where might our listeners know you from? I am the co-host with uh, our other friend, uh, Bo North, of the Dune podcast, Let's Get Weirding, where we go through uh, the Frank Herbert's Dune series, chapter by chapter. Yes, yeah, so you are no stranger to the, to the joys and frustrations of going chapter by chapter through some of the finest science fiction literature ever produced. Yes. <laughs> um, Star Wars does lack people who turn into worms, though. I, it's it's one failing. Yeah, there there is a serious dearth of that. Now they have worms. They got worms, but mm -hmm. not people turning into worms. And I agree no. that is a, a serious oversight. Um, I'm gonna write George Lucas a letter about that. someday someday we could do a crossover where we cover the works of Kevin J. Anderson. <laughs> oh god, because <laughs> he's everywhere. Ooh, honestly, I'm writing that down. That's a good. That'll be a good season three premiere to have Megan back to talk about Kevin J. Anderson. But we're not talking about Kevin J. Anderson today. No, we are... This is, of course, Thronderdome, uh, the world's only uh, podcast by Gen X for Gen X covering the Star Wars novels of the 1990s, specifically Timothy Zahn's masterful Thrawn trilogy, which, uh, of course, Ronnie and I will be starting with our next episode uh, after this premiere one here. But we asked Megan on because Megan is what you might call a... Um, would you refer to yourself as a Thrawn superfan, a Thrawnista of sorts? I would, yes. Yes, okay. Yeah. So she, Megan self-identifies as a Thrawn superfan. And moreover, so we're, we here at Thronderdome are, um, well, we're purists. We, of course, are taking the Thrawn character purely from the uh, literature that Mr. Zahn has crafted. Our vision of who Thrawn is is only coming from the works of Timothy Zahn and his, uh, of course, masterful legendary Thrawn trilogy. But Thrawn extends beyond that into the wider extended universe of Star Wars media franchise properties. And that's where Megan's expertise is coming in because I really am fascinated by Thrawn the phenomenon, right? <laughs> the, the, because the, it's, I mean, it's easily. I mean, of of all the like non George Lucas created Star Wars characters, Thrawn has to be one of the most popular and enduring, right? 
Yes, definitely. I think he's he's definitely he's up there with a lot of the, you know, Dave Filoni created characters like Ahsoka Tano and Cad Bane. Another blue red eye gentleman. <laughs> um, we, we love our, our dark and handsome gentleman. So, and I will say... Cad Bane. Cad Bane is awesome, but <laughs> I, don't get me started on Cad Bane. Um, Timothy Zahn has subsequently written two more Thrawn trilogies. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, we, we, uh, we know. They're great. <laughs> They're they're on they're on the docket because I think he he wrote some addi- an additional Thrawn trilogy in the old extended universe and then also they brought him back for the post Disney reboot right mm-hmm. okay yeah, yes. yeah yeah okay yeah yeah he meets he meets Anakin Skywalker they have a lot of fun he can't pronounce his name <laughs> yes I th- you, you you sent us that uh, that back and forth that I think the actual audiobook of that which is uh, pretty incredible listening. That's really great. Um, well, I guess Megan. Oh, he, he, he ought to do a he ought to do a book where he has old Thrawn meet a new expanded universe. Thrawn. Oh yeah, you know, kind of a, a crisis crossover, <laughs> like that time that uh, all the Doctor Who's got to know each other. Yep. Yeah, that would be terrific. Or you know, like when the Flash of Earth One met the Flash of Earth Two. <laughs> <laughs> all of our all of our classic crossover favorites. Um, like uh, people like to draw that because of how different their uniforms are. Oh, because he doesn't have the epaulets now, like the, not the fringy ones. <laughs> right, that's very. Oh wow, people get really into the nitty gritty details, huh? That's well. He he also in like Legends Thrawn, as he's known amongst some some contingents. Uh, oh boy, <laughs> he's more <laughs> Legends. Daddy Thrawn, because he's sort of shown as older. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at the art, and there's a lot more. There's that one uh, infamous picture where he looks like Piers Brosnan. I I know exactly what you mean. That kind of lantern jawed kind of. And then uh, they yeah. uh, in the newer, uh, you know, so Canon Thrawn is probably still about the same age, but they have. Uh, declined to give him silver hair or anything like that and he also doesn't wear lizards anymore oh well (laughs) he has statues of them in his in his office on rebels but that's really just a little like wink that's a little wink and a nod because of course now that we know about midi chlorians the uh salamiri i mean i don't know It it probably all still works i have no idea um but yeah so i guess one of the we we kind of just we're a little freewheeling on this episode as you can probably already tell listeners it's not it's not the typical iron discipline that we have here on Thronderdome um but we i don't know like we're just kind of interested to 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 pick the brain of someone who has really like plugged into the to the fan universe so we're so you mentioned rebels that's a animated show right yes okay um and so is that kind of the where the like does Thrawn play a fairly big role in that, or is he like kind of a treat who shows up in every couple episodes, or like he's the major villain starting in season four, I believe. Oh wow! And wow. his sort of defeat is like a huge deal. Uh, it takes away one of the core characters of Rebels. Um, for anyone who has been watching. Uh, the new season of The Mandalorian. They are starting to very slowly 
bring in Thrawn-related elements? Because we already know that uh, there are going to be characters for Rebels on the Ahsoka show. Okay. And that's, and, an, and that's another animated show, right? No, the Ahsoka show is oh. uh, live action. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. Rosario Dawson Ros- plays Rosario her. Rosario yeah. Dawson. Oh, word. Okay. And last, the in the second season of The Mandalorian, when uh, her character was introduced into that, into the live action, uh, she was looking for Thrawn. Yeah. Uh, through a character who subsequently has not reappeared, and we have no idea how this person knows Thrawn. Because <laughs> Thrawn doesn't really just know people, so <laughs> that th- part was kind of interesting. Uh, I think that's probably part of the uh, the gossip network that we know is so effective in the Star Wars universe. So let me get this straight, yeah. Megan. Uh, you would say that, uh, that, that Thrawn appearing in these uh, live-action... Uh, nexus of uh, star wars shows is kind of an inevitability something they're building towards okay so on rebels okay thrawn was defeated by uh ezra Ezra bridger who is a young jedi he is able to control these space whales called purgles that can launch themselves into hyperspace cool all right and the purgles like wrap themselves around Thrawn and the Chimera and just vanish them with Ezra in tow. Uh-huh. But we know that Ezra is going to be on the Ahsoka show. We don't know yet if he's going to be like interacting with these characters or if he's, you know, elsewhere because Purgles can take you anywhere. Gotcha. Uh, but in the first episode of the this new season of the mandalorian uh grogu sees purgles when they're in hyperspace so oh uh-huh. so that yeah tying it in right there so what's the deal what's kind of thrawn's deal in the in the disney verse uh like how does he fit into the first order stuff well that part gets a little complicated because <laughs> they have not the the Thrawn that is on Rebels is a little more like Legends Thrawn. They yeah. did not consult Timothy Zahn about his appearance on Rebels. Okay. Bastards. So, <laughs> Sons of bitches. <laughs> Thrawn in the new trilogies is more... I don't want to say morally ambiguous, because he still does a lot of really wretched things, and he's mm-hmm. still... I mean, he's... In the Empire, he's, he's a fascist. Um, but you understand a lot more of his motivations. Yeah. And at, at no point is he like, I should start my own empire and maybe make some clones of myself. Um, although... Is that in the offing? <sighs> the first season of The Bad Batch, which is a cartoon... Mm-hmm did end with one of the Kaminoan scientists. The Kaminoans are those aliens with the long necks that made the clone army. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they take sort of the head Kaminoan scientist to Mount Tantus. Oh, the Emperor's storehouse. Yes. So we haven't really launched too much into what that is yet. It showed up at one point early in the new season of The Bad Batch, but they haven't really gone back to it. So... Lots of pieces are moving, but we're not sure how. We're assuming, I say we, like I speak for everyone. Um, the assumption is that they are 
trying to find more ways to justify somehow Palpatine returned. Um, but who knows who else is screwing around in there? That 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 brings me that brings me to a question, mm-hmm. uh, Megan. This may be outside of your uh, your expertise, but uh, what what is uh, where are the whereabouts of uh, Joris Kabath? <laughs> he is not in canon so far. Boo. We love we love that guy on Thronderdome. Oh. There, none of those. Uh, that guy who does nothing. <laughs> the, the, none of the <laughs> double vowel clones are are currently. Oh canon. no, they they got no Luke the, the, Skywalker. The Luke. Oh, that was my favorite. So how do you know someone's um, a clone if you don't hear them mispronouncing their their old name? And also, like Mara Jade's not canon, which makes me very sad. Now that's actually because the thing is, like, that would be my pick for also like one of the more breakout characters of the old EU. I would agree. Jade. Yeah. That's kind of crazy to leave her on the cutting floor, though, I guess. Well, I guess, well, I guess there's a problem, because doesn't he end up being, doesn't she end up being Luke's right. wife, but in The Last Jedi, Luke's kind of just like this, this fat hobo. <laughs> hey, buddy, fat, I mean, fat hobos can have wives, too, okay? Yeah. But I think she would have maybe curbed a d- lot of that, like, milking the local wildlife. <laughs> I think I think his his uh his face his facial care would uh be uh a lot more better done if he had a wife. Especially if that I wife was Mara Jade. Jade. Would put up with that. Right. That's a really good point. I mean, uh, my my own wife uh introduced me to the joys of SPF uh facial lotion to help protect my youthful looks and charms. So, that che- that checks and out. And fans of the Thronder Dome will know that we have constantly compared uh, <laughs> Daniel to Luke Skywalker and his lovely wife Tamara Jade. Yes, in the, so it all yeah, connects in the sense of uh, the of being you know being hit over the head by a rolling pin as uh, Mara does so often to Luke, uh, at least in Heir to the Empire. And I will say that I I do you can tell a lot of the influence that Legends has had on the canon because mm-hmm. I will say as I have stood by for years now that kylo ren is just kip duran from wish yes i i completely like that was really i think when i when i when i was watching i actually went to the theater to see the the force awakens Mm -hmm. um and that was my big takeaway was like okay they clearly they're clearly drawing a lot of inspiration from the angst-ridden genocidal emo boy <laughs> that, my first husband your first husband kip duran uh listeners who might not be aware mm-hmm. kip duran is a major figure in the i want to say the 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 second major trilogy of extended universe novels that came out the jedi mm-hmm. Acad- the jedi academy trilogy by yeah. mr uh, the aforementioned kevin j anderson uh which we will definitely be getting to at some point on this show because i have distinct memories of Put, like reading those books and thinking, well, that's stupid. When I was like, <laughs> when I was like twelve, and the, you know, and it's like uh, I, I would be very interested to go back and and reencounter that. And I was like thirteen, fourteen, and I thought I could fix him. <laughs> I mean, the character of Kip Duran was not was not one of the things I thought was stupid necessarily, but anyway, and yes, yeah. and now I'm forty one, and I think I could fix. You could fix him. Yeah, I'm gonna be totally honest. I don't know like how many of the movies that y'all have seen at this at this point, but mm-hmm. I won't deny that I also watch Rogue One and think I could fix Orson Krennic. 
<laughs> I did see. Yeah. I've seen Rogue One. I don't remember anything about it other than uh, Darth Vader kills a bunch of people at the end. He does. Yeah, that guy is bad news. And I think there's a sarc- I think there's a bitchy robot in there too. There is, yes. There is, yeah, yeah. Which is which is a nice, you know. I do like that they, you know, they gave a, a robot kind of, you know, a personality other than um, Prissy. Which, Megan, <laughs> I don't know if you recall. That was one of our favorite moments. Actually, reading *Heir to the Empire* was when uh, Timothy Zahn dropped the the P slur, Prissy, twice in one paragraph to describe C three PO. I mean, you can't overuse. Yeah, it's that good word. to get, it's good to get some butch robots in there. <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally, a little representation for our for our for for robots on the mask end of things. Um, Can robots be bears? I mean, I, I, I mean, because so. I mean that there I was mean, a pretty burly I robot. Mean, there was a pretty burly droid on Obi Wan Kenobi. All right, yeah, I'll allow it. Because I mean, bears have to be hairy. Oh well, that part. Robots not gonna... don't have hair. Yeah. So. Well, here's uh, Ronnie. Let me let me tell you about this. So uh, there's a novel by Clifford C. Mack, uh, Golden Age, 20th century science fiction writer, one of my favorites. He's very good. Uh, he wrote a book called Heritage of Stars, which is set in a kind of post-collapse North America, you know, a couple, maybe a couple thousand years in the future, where um, there are the, in, the indestructible brain cases of the, the robots of the previous society uh, have been heaped into giant pyramids by superstitious humans that form gleaming pyramids of silver brain cases. It's really cool. But there is one robot who is still functional and maintains himself and keeps himself in motion by hunting bears so to harvest their bear grease to lubricate his joints, and he wears a bear skin. So would that count for you? Why would he need to wear anything? I didn't know. I didn't know there was such thing as bear grease. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's from the fat. Yeah, he used to render the render the fat from the yeah, same like anything. Okay, well, I guess that didn't really go anywhere. I this just... is what you learn when you read Clan of the Cave Bear when you're. No, no. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I, I think that would count as a as a bear robot, but it, okay. I'm just thinking about like you know uh, a bottle of uh, bear grease, you know, just on your kitchen table (laughs) (laughs) it's it has a has a million uses that's Um, what they should have done when thrawn was exiled he should have worn a bearskin he should have worn a bearskin and let his beard grow out except he was just wearing like cargo shorts (laughs) see that that's pretty funny thrawn seems to me like the thrawn seems to me like the kind of guy who can't grow a good beard Mm, no i yeah i don't i don't think we see any chis that have facial hair sure sure now we, but we do meet other Chiss, uh, I, yes. I think. Okay, yeah. So in the, yeah. the prequel, the Ascendancy trilogy is all set in, in Chiss space. So. Oh, interesting. So there's a prequel of like Thrawn's rise in the to mm-hmm. become a, a military officer. Oh, well, we'll have to. And how that. much he pisses everyone off. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think you've sent us some, uh, some imagery from a graphic novel. Was that like a graphic novel? Or was that that is that is the first of the the first Thrawn trilogies. So that's when he joins the Empire. Gotcha. That gotcha, was gotcha. made into a graphic novel. They haven't done that with the subsequent books. Okay. Wow. Yeah. This yeah, really Thrawn really is all over the place. So you mentioned. So does he like join the Empire for like college money or <laughs> because he really believes in it or what? Uh, because there are aliens known as the Grisk that are attacking the Chiss Ascendancy. And he wants, they obviously, they don't believe in preemptive strikes in the Chiss Ascendancy. Um, so that's his big plan. And they're like, no, uh, you go to hell. Um, 
And so he joins the Empire so that he will be able to use their strength to help the Chiss Ascendancy. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, hey. I'll, Except that they don't really bring that nuance into Rebels. So on Rebels, he's really still just kind of, like, getting angry at people. And the uh, the aforementioned uh, clip that I sent y'all where he was hissing, just yes. for fun. <laughs> just mad hissing. Just hissing. Which I guess the Chiss do. I mean, it rhymes. He so. does get a lot of, um, the first book especially, when he... Because when he joins the Empire, they do make him basically, yeah, go back to college. Yeah. Which I think at this point, he's like in his late 30s. And they're just like, you're going to have to go back to military school. So it's like a like a Rodney Dangerfield back to school situation. Sort of, except that he has to face a lot of you know racism because the Empire hates aliens. Just like how Rodney Dangerfield doesn't get no respect. No. Yeah. No, no Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> no Kurt Vonnegut cameos no, uh, in that no one. No Sam Kennison. Uh uh, that's where he meets his BFF, Eli Vanto. Oh, tell us a little bit about Eli Vanto. So Eli Vanto is uh, Thrawn's, first he's his translator, because uh, Eli is from the Outer Rim. And so he kind of knows that the Chiss exist, because they're like legends in the Outer Rim. And he speaks a language called Cybisti, mm-hmm. which is a like a trading language. And Thrawn also speaks that. So when he first comes into contact with the Empire, he there's a lot of, how do you say, preemptive strike. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> right. So Eli kind of gets so, real. So, 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 is, so is Eli a, a human or some sort of monster man? He's a human. Okay. He has a very Southern accent in the audiobooks, which is very cute. And right. he just sort of, like, his... His career gets very tied to Thrawn's because first he's his translator and then they're roommates in college. And then when they get their first assignments, he's Thrawn's assistant, basically. Okay. So for a very long time, he just kind of has to get dragged along with Thrawn, even though he's not always like keen on Thrawn's ideas. And he also, you know, sort of wanted his own career. Yeah. But he gets, and then, he gets, he gets, ultimately, gets... at the end of the first book, uh, Thrawn sends him to join the Chiss Ascendancy. Oh, wow. So he just completely doms his friend into going back home. But he does send Eli with his journal, in which he's written a very lovely paragraph about how, like, they're friends. <laughs> what a, wow, this is it's starting to sound more like a manga. This is, uh, this is terrific stuff. <laughs> that, that's a, that's so those are, those are the three. You had previously, you'd asked me... <laughs> About, like, Thrawn and his love life. Yeah, yeah. He does not have one. Okay. I mean, um, and that's fair. He's, he's so focused on being competent and analyzing art. I mean, I get it. Uh, yeah. So, obviously, so they're... married they're, to his work. He is, and to art. <laughs> There's, you know, arguments that many people have made that he has, he has feelings for Eli. Um, in the Ascendancy trilogy, we meet his sort of his only friends, which are a, uh, a woman named Arlani, who's an admiral, and this other woman named Thalius, who's in his family, but they're not related because Chiss families are, uh, you adopt people that are like smart or good. Okay. So he was born into one family. And then once he like was doing really well in school, the myth family adopted him. Oh, so it's a bit like kind of like uh, like the Roman Republic, 
kind of. Deal. I guess so. Yeah, that that would happen a lot with like, or, or like a, or like an amateur draft. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you seem okay, and then he starts, you know, doing yeah. a lot of stuff based on like art, and they're just like, what have we done? Who's this guy? Who's, who's this like at one point, man? he he like does. I think it's he does well on like a, an exam or something. So he tells Arlani that like they're gonna go out. Like they're like we're gonna go out and have a great night. And she's like, all right, sweet. Like we're gonna go drinking. And he's like, we're at a gallery opening. Oh, well, hey, I remember from my dissolute hipster youth though that that's a great place to get free wine. So you can. Well, still, he's mostly like, drink. let's look at the art, and I'll tell you about oh, it philosophically oh, and right, she's right, like yeah. mm. I, would, I would love if the art he's looking at is like uh, a, a little little house with a curl of smoke coming out of the top <laughs> you think he goes to the Thomas Kincaid like, gallery the Thomas Kincaid. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome oh my god there there is an idea for a sketch just like uh, children's drawings <laughs> T- Timothy Zahn figures out the entirety of American evangelical Protestantism by examining Thomas Kincaid paintings or it's all just like Frank Frazetta art. <laughs> like Thrawn, what are we doing? Yeah, he's, he's like, this. note the throbbing buttocks of the barbarian in this piece. Like, Clearly oh that indicates, God. you know, yeah. Eli, Eli, I subscribe to this magazine called Heavy Metal. <laughs> that honestly probably would have happened when they were in the Academy because there was just a lot of Thrawn being like, what about this? And Eli being like, no, we cannot do that. Like oh my god, Thrawn! Oh boy, I, I do I do like the idea of visiting Thrawn's uh, schoolboy day, like Brideshead revisited, but but Thrawn. Um, I, think, <laughs> I wish I think that goes very well together. We we Eli is the teddy bear. We will have to explore that further. Um, so one aspect of Thrawn I wanted to explore for a for a little bit. Um, I know we've, we've already had a wide ranging conversation, and uh, but. I was a little interested about Thrawn's place in the fan community and like basically what he inspires out of those folks. Mm. Um, and I'm not necessarily asking <laughs> you to get really prurient about it, but okay. it, 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 you have alluded to certain, uh, I, I suppose we'll say traditions in fan art. <laughs> um, oh, Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm gonna I send guess, you guys yeah. right now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry to our listeners that they don't get to see, but it's just some fan art, and it's you know just some Thrawn buns. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll we'll eagerly await. I did to have that. to get this from a Discord I'm in, and it was very funny because I was like, "Y'all, I need that picture of naked <laughs> Thrawn," and they were like, "Just hold on a second. It's it's for a thing. Don't ask." Uh, there we go. Oh my. <laughs> oh dear well that is certainly wistful um <laughs> it's when he's you know exiled yeah i mean i you can well, tell because of the long hair yeah i mean i know when i was exiled i would i would walk around naked a he, lot he looks like a, a navi i guess kind of yeah i feel like timothy zone has grounds to sue uh <laughs> for the concept of a, a well a, a i mean he didn't get guy. the cat person part yeah, and also, I mean, Pantorans are also blue. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's uh, true. Pantorans There's... are blue. Yeah. They don't have red eyes, though. So there is a scene in the first book where Thrawn goes to meet up with future Governor Price, and he is wearing a hoodie and sunglasses. <laughs> because I, I believe you sent us that one. Here we now... go. Oh, that's actually a TikTok I made. So, oops, now there's the freaking TikTok. Uh, oh, Megan. 
I just like the idea that um, I don't know. Uh, do sunglasses appear anywhere in the Star Wars trilogy? I don't know if Tim. Yeah, Kizam would allow there that. Uh, various characters. Oh wear well, sunglasses you know, you know what? Things. I'm thinking. I'm remembering now the the little uh, elephant trunk faced guy who rats out uh, Han Solo to the Imperials in the first. Uh, in the first, he has got little like shaded. Just look at that first thing. Please do not watch this TikTok. No, I'm going to watch this. It's a stupid TikTok. I'm going to look at Zaddy. He's, he's giving Zaddy. (laughs) I think I deployed that correctly. And here's a picture of him and Eli. So you can get. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So is it, so, so he's in exile. Is he growing his hair out because that's something he can do now? Or is that a symbol of his exiledness? I think it's a symbol of his exiledness. Okay, that's awesome. And then once he goes to the academy, like they make him cut it off. Yeah, he should really. Which I have think is really those Oakleys. Those look great. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just it's watching real this rich TikTok of the emperor. Oh no, it's hypnotic. I, I, I think we might have to like name Megan our youth correspondent because <laughs> she knows a lot more about TikTok than I do. That is amazing to me because yeah i'm 41 years old so it's like the youth anything <laughs> amazing i mean that's you know but it's good though I've, I've been sending my information to the chinese communist party through the just the regular post you know i need to really step it up and, and get on tiktok oh man i'm that's really terrific. not super concerned if china knows that i like thrawn <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of my with all the, the hyperventilating about it. i was just like man i i'm fine with xi jinping knowing that i i enjoy fossil animals I mean that's fine. You know, I'll talk it's to just about really. It. I don't like, care. Yeah. It, yeah, me taking quizzes about like what, which of the clones I am. Like, oh no, <laughs> not my identity. <laughs> oh wow, well, this is that's that's terrific. I really feel like we're getting a fuller picture of Thrawn the man. Um, There's a lot of Thrawn merchandise. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I assume that you got the Funko Pops, you know, you got your... Well, there was one figurines. Funko Pop, but it's very hard to get. Oh, is it like the Princess Diana Beanie Baby? <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> it was, I, I think it was at a Star Wars celebration. Um, so okay. you could only get it if you were at the celebration. Oh, that's, yeah, okay. Thrawn died under similar circumstances. <laughs> he did being hounded by the 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 the, the paparazzi or as or as they call them in Star Stage Wars paparazzi the, well they they call them the the hit and shoot the wait the the shoot and fade because they're taking pictures and yes. running away I don't know I'm trying to tie it back <laughs> I'm trying to tie it back I into Timothy Zahn's masterful prose you gotta like it's embarrassing to die when I, you're I murdered agree. by a weird creep that you pay to follow you around. <laughs> that's a good point i hate rook <laughs> yes oh boy. and yeah he's still he's um i, I can't remember if I, mean, I assume he's in the books because he's in he's in rebels well yeah i uh, i was i hadn't thought about that angle like how the nogri might be worked into the new disney continuity um you know rook is in They're place to just take a, a bunch much- of vader masked freaks yeah, Megan, I don't know if you knew this, but um, according to the author notes of Timothy Zahn in the anniversary edition of Heir to the Empire, uh, the Nogri were initially designed to resemble, like the way they're described is supposed to resemble Darth Vader's mask, with the idea being That's that Darth, so Darth Vader modeled his mask after the Nogri to better command them. Isn't that the best? Oh my god. <laughs> I like that they... 
that leads such an open assumption that Vader had a single thing to do with any of the way that he looks. It, that's very see. That's very interesting. Exactly like that. The idea of Anakin Skywalker cultivating his appearance, I think, is much. That's much more interesting than just you know he's, he's handed. Well, his I mean, stuff when he was Anakin, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess you're right, Darth um, Vader. You know. Yeah, I mean, I guess him, we're yeah. supposed to assume that uh, Emperor Palpatine like just put him through the RoboCop procedure, and it's like, <laughs> you know, he's just he's just flitting he's just flitting in and out of consciousness, and you get. Like Emperor Palpatine going to a scientist, like ah, I told you, lose the arm. Palpatine gives him a big old kiss on New Year's. You are gonna be a bad motherfucker. Which is your favorite failed RoboCop? Because mine is the skull that screams. Yeah, that that's gonna have to be mine too. Yeah. I mean, that was like the best part of RoboCop Two for yeah, my it really money. Is. It, it's just. Is just all of the failed RoboCop 2s. But that one, it's just like uh, he rips its mask off and it's just like, kill me, and then it dies. <laughs> I, I also oh. like the one that just, that just uh, immediately shoots the scientist and then shoots itself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? What, 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 are, what were you expecting to happen? This is how I feel like characters in Star Wars that don't like droids, like that's what they assume droids are always going to do. Like if a droid walks through this door right now, it's going to shoot all of us. Yeah, I guess that's uh, I guess that's Han Solo's big problem is he just assumes they're a bunch of robot cops. The Mandalorian and, too. He doesn't uh, like droids. Uh, also the uh, the bartender. I bet Han Solo is probably probably has like a real expansive like what he refers to as droids like. I bet he calls Darth Vader a droid. But, like, one of the slurs. Yeah, he has no comprehension. He has for droid, yeah. Which droid already sounds like a slur, frankly. You know, like a shortened shortened term meant for derision. Um, well, like, would you want droid... Uh, be, look at this, honestly. If you ran a cantina, mm -hmm. do you want... Like, I mean, droids are just going to take up space. They don't eat or drink. That's a good point. Yeah, they don't eat or drink. They're taking up space. They're going to be prissy. You know, and that's bad yeah, for the like, vibe. Don't they, don't they drink oil? Leo is not buying a drink. He's he's definitely not buying a drink. He, he's not getting. I mean, he might. You know, best case scenario, some pervert wants to buy a drink for the robot. To you know, what about like you know? What, what and about they have the those robot, terrifying like, ones with the half heads. Oh yeah. I hate. What about like things. the robot like ordering like a bucket of. Uh, bolts and screws and shit like you know stuff robots like <laughs> i'll have a hot mineral oil at 311 degrees please get out of here well like could general grievous go in the cantina uh, i still don't know what he's the a hell cyborg. general grievous is general grievous is uh i forget what his race is but he's 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 a cyborg. He's built onto himself. Yeah, like I he think, was. He's um, biological. Yeah, he's. Biological. I recall, it's... like, I recall, Honestly, like, Honestly, Daniel Revenge should just the... keep coughing. It's a very grievous touch <laughs> I, I to just... the, I, I, uh, I, the podcast. I recall when Revenge of the Sith came out. It was like, uh, well, you have to watch the Clone Wars cartoon to find out why he's always coughing. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Well, the reason his lungs are shitty. Yeah, the reason he's always coughing is because he's just Darth Vader dialed up a bit. He's even more machine than than uh, biological, and his breathing is even worse. Yeah, yeah, and there, and, there, and, there and he lives he lives in a giant cave that's filled with statues of himself. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, I 
maybe you know some certain people like seeing images of themselves all around to you know sort of bask in his own glory it's the fact that there are statues yeah something about multiple (laughs) statuary of yourself is really where i think all right grievous calm down yeah Uh, who goes to grievous's house you go go over to kit fisto kit Fisto and someone else oh wow Oh, there's so uh, there's so much lore, so much deep lore to Star Wars. I will I will tell you that cartoon Kit Fisto is much easier to look at than movie Kit Fisto because that is terrifying. <laughs> the, the the so you're saying the cartoon does not retain the uh, the grim rictus uh, that uh, no. movie Kit Fisto has that makes uh, it so memorable. There are websites where I will tell you not to look up Kit Fisto. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I would, yeah, I would, I would be leery. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say it's, you know, he's a nice, um, he's a nice throwback to the, to the old yak face and squid face era of Star Wars alien design. Oh, you know, totally. I mean, there are, there are Duros in the cantina scene and then you compare that to like to Cad Bane and it's like, thank God that when he showed up on Book of Boba Fett, they didn't just put one of those like, I can't move like. <laughs> masks on him because that would have been a little too a situation a little too uncanny all right well, now, now um, talking about now talking about mandalorian boba fett what kind of monster is timothy oliphant in there in there he's just a hot cowboy in space mm, 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 mm. as he should be a yeah. real uh, a real lone star oh my god when he first shows up he has boba fett's armor and he takes the helmet off and you're just like timothy Oh my god, <laughs> Mr. Oliphant! You look great. I have, yeah, like I have thought. There have been at least three occasions where I've thought about watching that show just because of him. Hmm. I don't know which I, we, one. Oh, the Man- the Mandalorian. Whatever the one he's in, the Mandalorian, I guess. Well, he's on a couple of Mandalorian, and then he was in Book of Boba Fett, but he has not shown up this season on Mandalorian, and. That's because he's back being Raylan Givens. Yeah. But I saw an interview with him, and he definitely had Cobb Vanth hair. So I was like, I see you, Timothy. I see that haircut. That character is in there. It's still inhabiting him. Uh, I mean, so I guess we'll see. But I don't know what they're doing. I'm sure Boba Fett's going to show up on the season of The Mandalorian. I mean, you know, the audiences are clamoring. They're truly clamoring. Well, I guess Boba well, Fett didn't get to... eaten, apparently. No. No, he got eaten. He just he just survived and clawed his way out. It was actually the gooeyest and grossest thing I've ever seen in a Star Wars property. Oh, they 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 depicted that. They the... they showed him crawling out of the Sarlacc. That's it was interesting because, like, as I recall, I believe that that was in the Dark Horse comics that that mm-hmm. beat for him and his story first uh, was first put out there so that they could, you know, bring back a cool looking character. Uh, that's interesting. Okay. See, see, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to give up hope that we won't see Luke on screen if they're doing, oh you know, old dark Frankly, horse stuff on the, on the TV. Freaking deep fake Luke Skywalker that I hate. That's basically <laughs> Luke. <laughs> yeah. What's with the deep fakes, Megan? Oh my God. So Luke shows up at the end of season two of the Mandalorian. And it's a very cool scene. Like, to be fair, it was very, like, like look at Luke Skywalker kicking ass. There were these cool droids that he was killing. Their their music was, like, 
dubstep. It was amazing. And then he takes his hood off and it's this like deep fake Mark Hamill. Hmm. And it was, you know, the actor that they used as the stand in actually looks quite a bit like Mark Hamill. I think we can all accept if someone is playing Luke 25 years before the events of Last Jedi. Yeah. (laughs) Like we have to be able to accept that. Right. Yes, I recall and there was then, a uh, fan campaign to uh, uh, have Sebastian Stan play uh, Luke Skywalker because they kind I of. I mean, I'll never complain about similar. Sebastian Stan. But and then on Book of Boba Fett, it they like just doubled down on it, and it was like I can't <laughs> stop. I, please stop <laughs> making me look at this as I. Because I am the kind of person who writes this in in recaps, I did say, will no one rid me of this meddlesome Skywalker? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) It's just just like, I love Luke Skywalker, but I am tired of him. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely time to move on. Move on to Thrawn. Plus, they had him meet Ahsoka, and they didn't show him meeting Ahsoka. So he, like, he like, that couldn't says, have possibly been important that he met his father's Padawan. Yeah, so he like uh, he like mentions it in passing or something. He's like, oh yeah, and I hung out with Ahsoka. No, she was there too. Like, there's a whole sequence oh, with the two of them. Okay, I got. And then I she says that. something about like his father, but it's like, it would have been great to see. Yeah, I knew your father interact. before he went crazy. <laughs> yeah, he was basically my big brother. Like, yeah. I don't know why he had a Padawan when he wasn't a master, but they didn't ask me. Uh, the whole, I have the feeling that the whole Jedi Order is just kind of flying by the seat of their pants, honestly. Oh my god. I, f- I think if you, like, fill out some sort of paperwork, you can get your own Padawan for pretty easily. Oh, They yeah, pretty much just sure. hand him one. Like, a 14-year-old girl gets off of a ship and is like, I'm your <sighs> Padawan, and Anakin's like, ah! <laughs> See, what I does mean, it want? Know, it makes uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense if you were there. Uh, we'll, and we'll it's funny in Rebels because Thrawn has no time for the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, Jedi stuff is consistently happening around him because I mean the 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 titular Rebels, uh, at least two of them are Jedi. Yeah, and he's constantly just like, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> See, that's you know, he doesn't have any Yel Samari, right? He doesn't have any Salamiri to because uh... he doesn't like care. There is a point where they meet this giant, like force beast, the Bendu, and Thrawn is going to kill it, and it's the he, it gives him a prediction of his death. Yeah, and Thrawn has a moment where he's kind of like, "Well, I don't enjoy the sound of that." Well, his defeat, I should say, not his death. Sure. And it vanishes, and Thrawn is literally like, I don't know about this. I really, I, I, I do appreciate that, like, the, uh, the, the anti-theism in the face of actual miraculous stuff happening is uh, still going on at Imperial officers. Not just <laughs> like that one guy. Like, a new hope where it, yeah. everyone's like, hey, remember how there were magicians, like, like 20, 20 years, years ago? ago. <laughs> yeah, remember that? That was remember, weird. Remember how in 2005 there was like a magical order of, of wizard monks? Eh, not really. Whatever. Well, it's like Ghostbusters 2 where everyone's just like, yeah, I remember when that was all that bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys remember that the entire s- city was full of ghosts. 
right. for me the, for me the thing though as a kid watching ghostbusters 2 is i was always like do they not remember that thing that was at washington square park right the right. rancor basically effectively like w- what was that it does seem man, it does man, seem speaking of <laughs> speaking of unsettling deep fakes uh ghostbusters afterlife i didn't see it well let's just say it does some uh does Harold Ramis dirty? Oh no! I, you know, and I remember when they did that. And was it X three? And I was like the de aging. Yeah, I was like, you know, it doesn't look that great, but whatever. Like, it's fine. And then it's like they heard me, and they thought, well, we're just going to keep going. Which which was the actor that they got? Did y'all ever see Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow? Yes. Yeah. Which was the dead actor that they got to be the the ba- the main bad guy in that? Uh, oh, Peter O'Toole. Was it Lawrence Olivier? Lawrence Olivier. Lawrence Olivier. I think it was. Okay, I gotta look oh this my up. Guys, guy, because that was the first like. Yeah. That was the first kind of like deep fake I remember being like a a, a big deal. Um, then of course then, Rogue One had fake Tarkin. Yeah. Yeah, Peter Lawrence Cushing. Olivier. Here we go. Lawrence Olivier had been deceased for nearly 13 years at the time of filming and was depicted in the film for the role of Dr. Totenkopf. That's German for death's head. Uh Huh? A little Easter egg there. Oh, fun. The the novelization written by Kevin J. Anderson. No! (laughs) We'll never be rid of him. Kevin. Kevin, no. You gotta go to sleep. Oh, boy. We're gonna, oh, we're gonna have to spin off Kevin Dome. Given all these, oh, given all my this gosh. material. Oh, right. Well, we'll definitely have to uh, have Megan back on for Kevin Dome. But I think we can wrap up our, our discussion here. Um, I, I just so have one more for... question. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, I was going to say if we have any closing yeah. thoughts or other questions for Megan before we Is it about it all the Thrawn jewelry I own? Because really, I can just <laughs> start listing things. Well, see, that's the, that's the problem with this not being a visual podcast. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, we, we haven't discussed uh, who you would want to play Thrawn in a live action context. Cause Ooh. I know a lot of people are saying like, and by a lot of people, I mean like comic book resources are saying like, it should be Lars Mickelson. Yeah. Cause he, he voiced him and on rebels and mm-hmm. was, was very good. It's an excellent voice. Uh, I think that would be good. Uh, my personal vote just as, a Thrawn fan who also is like, <laughs> Thrawn's kind of cute in pictures. Um, <laughs> I don't think it'll happen because of Foundation, but I thought Lee Pace would be a good Thrawn. Oh, okay. And we know how that he looks good blue because he was blue in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go there. He was a Ronan but accuser. Sadly, now he's on Foundation being... Like the Emperor space or whatever. Yeah, so, being some boring, some boring Asimov bullshit. I, I don't watch Foundation. My it, husband does. Was that so. that Apple Plus so. or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's just I don't know what that, it is. that shit does not exist. They have they have the Foundation and they have the show about a morning show, which I I, I oh wait don't they have the problem with John Stewart and Ted Lasso? I don't know. Oh my god! So okay, that's I know they have um, a servant core, (laughs) and yeah, they had that. I think it was called the morning show because I don't know. My mom like that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, I, I guess if, uh, I wonder if they had like a Matt Lauer analog who had his creepy sex dungeon button. Um, yeah, it was Steve Carell. I, I'm gonna... And then they tried to redeem him. Who do you think? Yeah. Then I think he like who... uh, drove off a cliff. Well, good. Good who riddance. In, who in Star Wars do you think has the creepy sex dungeon button? Well, I mean, Jabba the Hutt, clearly. Um, well, I mean, I, I don't think huts count because they're anything you can think of, they're gonna do. That's a well, good point. I, um, I, I, I've, I've compared him. I've compared in previous podcasts, uh, um, Emperor Palpatine to Hugh Hefner, and uh, yeah, and, and Mara oh. Jade is one of his bunnies. One of the bunnies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Palpatine would definitely have it. Um, oh my god! I think it's in uh, Sleepy Hollow where there's a scene where Ian McDiarmid is is like making out with someone, and I was like, I can't look at this. I'm sorry. <laughs> How old I'm is sorry, he? Sorry, sir. You're a lovely man. Well, I mean, he was he was like you know 40 when he did A New Hope. You know, was the Emperor initially? So I think we're so all now, just now looking can, at it from. Yeah, but now he can play the Emperor without the makeup. Hey. Uh, uh, and now he can be, and is, be the emperor um, forever because of deep fakes. That's right. Well, canonically, if you count books of short stories as canon, which and I mean, there's no reason to assume they we wouldn't. We absolutely do. Um, Tarkin is not only gay, but likes uh, rough trade with stormtroopers. Ooh. Now that does make sense. I mean, that's some classic. Yeah, no. Once you British read that short story, you're like, this makes complete stuff. sense. Yeah. Why did no one? Uh, he also me, apparently has. Why did no one tell me cruising was in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> it's it's um, I forget which. It's from the book uh, from a different point of view, and it's yeah, it's a short story that is messages being passed with by a mouse droid. Uh, between a stormtrooper, the one whose armor uh, Luke takes. Oh, actually, wow. And a nameless Imperial, but I think, like, the description were like, it's it's Tarkin. It's very heavily, very heavily coded to be the deep faked uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> yes. Um, but he apparently uh, has a jacuzzi on the Death Star. So look at him. Well, that's pretty cool. That's fun to imagine that jacuzzi water draining into where the tentacle monster lives. I'm just trying to imagine the Star uh, Wars then... hanky code. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have hankies in Star Wars. Prove they don't, in Daniel. Well, I would, according to Mr. Zahn's rules for what he can and can't do, which are arbitrary and he constantly breaks, then we can't, we can't have hankies. Um, I do want to circle back to casting... A live action Thrawn. Oh, I, I yeah. Here's 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 my pitch. Glenn Howerton. Yeah, that would work. From, How uh, tall is he? He's uh, fairly tall, I think. I yeah. mean, he's, I mean, uh, Caitlin Olson. Caitlin Olson's pretty tall. Yeah, and I think uh, he he's like a little taller than her. I'm tall, so I'll I'll be the judge of this. <laughs> and yeah, I, I Daniel short, is so very I, short. I have a dog in this race. Yes. Oh, sorry. I, oh, well, I, I don't. Know. I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, everyone everyone's body is what it is. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Sorry. Some Thank people you are short. That. Some people are better. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's five ten. That's not tall enough for Thrawn. Ouch. You could wear whiffs. Ouch. All right. You could wear the, or Thrawn. we could do like a like a Hobbit Hobbit shooting. You know, make oh him look better. <laughs> yeah, forced perspective. Um. Yeah. 
Force perspective, huh? Star Wars. Ah. Hey. That would be my that would be my book about the making of Star Wars cinematography. Force perspective. Oh, give me his height. Wikipedia. You want to give me everything else? (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna give you his height in like bleep blops or something. It'll be in meters. They're always in meters. Oh, where else? Uh, So they're Europeans. Canadians. (laughs) He is six four. Oh, I mean, that's the classic hot guy height. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're going to have to get a, you know, a classic hot guy in there. All right, we'll keep, we'll keep working at this. We'll, we'll, we'll cast it. We'll get in touch with, uh, with George Lucas, See, again, who is, of Lee course, Pace, man. still in control of the property. Lee Pace is 6'5". Oh, he's perfect. Holy shit. Yeah. He is perfect, isn't he? Yeah, 6'5". Oh, boy. I will not lie. I have a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> it says Lee Pace is 6'5". <laughs> It's the people. The people need to know. Oh well, thank you so much. I also for... have a sheet, a shirt oh. that says, uh, "A long time ago, beyond a galaxy, far, far away," because that's how the Chist ascendancy starts. Oh, they live in outer space. So you know, do you have more drawn? Yeah, you have more drawn jewelry or Lee Pace jewelry? I don't have any Lee Pace jewelry. I just have that T-shirt. Okay. Well, as soon as we cast Thrawn as, as soon as we cast Lee Pace as Thrawn, then all of your Thrawn jewelry becomes Lee Pace jewelry by the transit. Yeah, property. I think effectively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even though my earrings are Legos, and I don't think Legos ever really look like anyone except you know they're blue. So <laughs> it makes sense. I've seen people. Well, you know, I mean, the I, trouble I, with all the Legos, the trouble with all the Lego earrings, except for the Thrawn ones, I think, is that. You buy Star Wars Lego earrings and they all come with blasters, and that's a little weird sometimes. Like, I feel like there are places you can't go when you're wearing earrings that, like, people yeah, have blasters. They have, like, a, a gun on them. I Megan, will say it's that, America. Uh, are, you know, I, I'm. Because I have Boba Fett earrings, and so he, of course, has a blaster. And then I have um, Battle Droid earrings, and they have blasters. Second Amendment. And I only wear those. So Second Amendment. Yeah, I only wear those so that I can say Roger Roger to people. Yeah, you're wearing them to like the uh, the shooting range, the mega church, you know, places that appreciate a man with a gun. Oh my god! <laughs> if you ever see me in a mega church, you, that's that's one of those signs that I've been kidnapped. That's that's one of those where you get the the brain scan for the to check for a tumor. Uh. <laughs> that is one of those like people say like oh what would you what would you tweet if it wasn't you like if I'm ever in a mega church like, like, and I don't really? I don't yeah. appear to be like spending the weekend with someone who would be at a mega church and I'm being polite. That's, that's the sign. Yeah. That would that's be the sign. The, I'm sending you more, code. uh, mm. grown up fan art. That makes sense. I'm the worst person for you guys. To yeah. On here. <laughs> Here's well, a meme. But, uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up our conversation here. Thank you so much again, <laughs> Megan. And, uh, <laughs> denigrating, uh, mega churches on our way out. Uh, I don't think we have a lot of, <laughs> yeah, all we don't have a lot of overlap you know, in, our, uh, in our audience. Listeners will be, uh, turning off this in disgust. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm sure yeah. all the crossover from Let's Get Weirding, because, you know, you what Dune people love? Uh, religion. <laughs> well, uh, they kind of do. Uh, or at least they're, you know, fascinated by the yeah, sociological they do, implications. They do. They, they love do. worms and they um, love Kevin anyway, J. They just... Anderson. They, they love <laughs> the hell Brian out of Herbert. And Brian Herbert. Um, but yeah, speaking of Let's Get Weirding, where can folks uh, listen to you further, Megan? Uh, we are on 
Apple Podcasts. I think we're on Spotify. This is usually questions for Bo. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. She is the brains. Well, of this I guess operation. we can we can at least say you can uh, you can find if you just enter it into the old Google, you'll you'll find them. Let's yes. get weirding. It's an excellent and we're on podcast. Twitter. Please talk to us on Twitter because like, hey, it's a wasteland now. Ex- yeah, yeah, boy. Um, yeah, I'm actually on uh, day five of uh, my week in Twitter jail right now. Actually, oh no, that's been a lot of fun. Know. Oh, it's it's stupid, and I won't get I won't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> I really yes. wanted to. Last fall, I was in the hospital, and part of me, I just had this like, you know, it was like two a.m. You know, you can't ever sleep in a hospital. Yeah. And I just wanted to be like, what if I just act up on Twitter? <laughs> what if I just decide to just be like, you know, I don't know. But then I, yeah. I decided against it. A very, very wise, very wise. Um, yeah. But yeah, so check out Let's Get Weirding for more pearls of wisdom from Megan. And thank you very much for joining us here on the, the season thank premiere. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks, season two thank of Thrawn the, Thanks for uh, joining us. Yeah. yeah. It was tons, tons of fun. And um, I, I'm certain we will, we will ask you back again sometime. But in the meantime, audience, listeners, dear, dear readers, dear, dear uh, Zon fanatics, uh, we will be back with the first three chapters of Dark Force Rising, Volume 2, and the original Thrawn trilogy uh, next time on Thronderdome. Uh, and uh, once again, Megan, thank you. Ronnie, thank you as always. You're welcome. And uh, we will catch you. <laughs> we will... <laughs> Unfailingly polite, Ronnie. We will catch you all next time. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>